I would guess that at some point in our life, we have all done it. We have told a lie to make ourselves look better, not worse. We might have scratched the CV. We might have misspoken in an interview. Accidentally put the wrong data into maybe a dating profile. Maybe we pulled a practical joke in public that would cause our victim to be laughed at and us to be praised. Perhaps it was just a tiny fib or a little white lie. Maybe even we have told it to ourselves to make us stand taller. Or maybe it was a little game of statistics to spin the story our way. Whatever we did, or maybe still do, a lie is a lie. The basis of our passage is the story of a lie. It seems an odd account for Luke to tell us about in the early church. Everything so far has been so positive about God's people. But here it's not clear who comes out of it well. And one might wonder about what this is saying about what's going on. There are different views as to whether Ananias and Sapphira were actually followers of Jesus or not. Was this their idea as an overture to the believers, their, their wish to join the group? Or were they supposedly committed followers who became misguided and did the wrong thing? I think that is inconsequential. The lesson we learn about is about all sin and about turning away from it, about being honest, about being truthful, about being God's people. Sin involves making a decision to do something against God. Sometimes if we are well practiced, the sin becomes a second nature to us that we might not think about it and routinely repeat it without much thought. But certainly there is always a way out. The church, and it is actually within this passage that Luke uses that word for the, his first time. Matthew uses it a couple of times, but this is the first time Luke uses it. He doesn't use it in his gospel. Um, the church has been growing and sharing with those in need. Uh, and so Barnabas had, at the end of the previous chapter, taken something, sold it, and given the money from that field that he'd owned uh, to the cause of God's people, to see that the, the needy have their needs met. There was no compulsion to do that. There was no requirement put upon anybody to do such a thing. Not for Barnabas, not for Ananias and Sapphira, but they make this conscious decision that they are going to sell. They make the decision that they say they're going to give the money. They decide to hold some of it back for themselves. That's, that's fine. There's no problem with that. But then they chose to lie to be deceitful. 
at the point of selling, they could have changed their mind. Or in taking it to the apostles, in what they said could have been different. They didn't have to do that with their money at all. But they did. At each possible step, they could have tacked in a new direction. But they don't. They just keep going. They keep going with their deceit. They don't talk each other out of it. They were both in on it. And one could have said to the other, you know, maybe this is wrong. But they don't. Instead, they are fully committed. Now, why they do this is, is not really recorded. Why do they make this decision? And so we're left to speculate that perhaps it's to grow in favour with the members of the church. Their choice is certainly not to honour God, but would seem to be to seek their own glory. Rather than keeping their left hand from knowing what the right hand is doing, they are more like the Pharisees, uh, the ones that Jesus and disciples watched, making a great show of their giving, wanting to be seen, wanting to be known for their wonderful large gift done in public. Whenever we do something wrong, whether it's someone having an affair, or stealing from the workplace, or being violent or abusive, it begins with making a decision to do that thing wrong. Now, they might not think it's about doing something wrong. They might think of the benefit to themselves. But it starts with a decision. And it's a decision that could be backed out of. But again and again, the decision is taken to proceed and then to repeat. And in the end, they will be caught. But by then it is too late. And when it comes to our day of judgment, I wonder how many of our decisions will be laid bare. What things that we have done, what things we have said will be revealed to us by God. In our passage, no criminal act has been undertaken, but the couple each tell a lie, which the all-seeing, all-knowing, ever-present God is witness to, and he speaks wisdom by the Spirit to Peter. And it is the Lord who brings judgment. It's not Peter particularly saying, you must die, he says at the time of Sapphira's failure to confess that she will die, but that's a statement of fact, not a pronunciation of what the judgment will be. It is the Lord who decides. And the apostle merely gives commentary into the situation. Now, as I said earlier, 
It's an unusual passage. It's one that is often skipped over in churches. Perhaps it is too near the knuckle. But sometimes people do things in a church to build their power base, to express their opinion, to show how they give and seek to be admired. Historically, wealthy people have sometimes given great sums, but then specified how it must be spent to build a clock tower, to have a bell, to have some other thing that maybe the church thinks is superfluous, but is going to be a symbol to the future of that person's grandiose. Alternatively, people sometimes threaten to withhold funds. If you as a church don't do this thing, I will reduce my giving. I will take it away. Either way, by offering more or threatening reduction, they are considering themselves and their ideas more important than God's way or that of the church as a whole. They are, in effect, no different to Sapphira and Ananias. So the message must be that we have to be honest. We have to be honest with ourselves and honest with our God. And we must seek his path, his direction, his wisdom for our life and for our stewardship. That we may honour him each day of our life.